Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Hey there, and welcome back to the PA the FI Way podcast. I'm so happy that you're here to take a listen to help give you tools and motivation to continue on your journey to financial independence. I bet many of you have a long weekend coming up with Labor Day, and yet I'm sure there are other listeners that have to work as healthcare workers even over the holiday weekend. And regardless, I hope that you're able to have a great weekend and spend time with those in your life that you care about. Speaking of time, I would like to discuss a few different types of freedom for today's episode and how you can decide what your ideal life and goals are and dreams and visions for the future look like in relation to these different types of freedoms. One of the types of freedoms that we will talk about is time freedom, and then we'll also talk about location freedom as well as financial freedom. And even though this is a podcast about finances for PAs because it talks about financial independence as well as financial literacy topics. And then although, of course, like you, I enjoy having money, having a ton of money and becoming rich is not my ultimate goal because money is just a means. It is just a tool in life to achieve my goals for the future. So the ultimate goal instead of money is actually freedom. And as I review these different types of freedoms, think about your life and whether or not it is on track to reach these different types of freedoms if you are wanting to have these types of freedoms in your life. Keep in mind, not every single person cares about all these different types of freedoms, but many do. So let's first talk about location freedom. Location freedom is the concept that you don't have to be tied down to any particular location in your state or your country because you have a type of position where you can work remotely or you potentially have passive income where you're earning money on the side or perhaps you own your own business and you can work anytime you want and anywhere you want if it's an online business. And I definitely hear many of you already saying, whoa, 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 I am a practicing medical provider as a PA, how in the world would I have location freedom? And I want to just have you stop and think about and challenge that belief just a little bit first, okay? So in one way that you can have location freedom as a practicing PA, if you want to work as a medical provider, is that you can find and work in telemedicine. Many specialties have embraced telemedicine ever since the COVID pandemic, but telemedicine has been around even years before the COVID pandemic. So it's not a new concept. I completely understand and recognize 
that telemedicine is not the answer for all of medicine. In many scenarios, many chief complaints, many patient concerns, it is very important to be in the same room as a patient and physically touch them and lay your hands on them while you are examining them, or perhaps looking in their ear or looking in their throat or taking a listen to their heart and lungs. However, even within certain specialties, there can be kind of the subset of chief complaints or concerns that are very appropriate for telemedicine. So let's first talk about specialties that are pretty great for telemedicine in general. And I will definitely be speaking from my experience of what I have worked in, but also what I have seen other PAs comment about online. This is definitely not all inclusive. There are many types of telemedicine roles out there that I am just not familiar with. So I encourage you to still do your research and look into it if this is something you're interested in. So I'll start with family medicine because I was actually practicing in family medicine when I first started doing telemedicine because the COVID pandemic hit and we were essentially almost forced to do telemedicine because we kept telling everyone, don't come into the clinic unless you absolutely have to, but yet people had many concerns, right? So obviously I could not do physicals, I could not do pelvic exams, pap smears, laceration repairs, etc. through telemedicine visits, but people would be sick from home and I would see them as a patient and we would decide, you know, do we do a COVID test or not? Or we would talk about their sinus infection concerns, or we would talk about their rash that they have that they wanted to show me. And then I also treated a lot of mental health in family medicine, a lot of depression, anxiety, ADHD. So med management was very common as well. Could also even manage some blood pressure. People would have blood pressure cuffs at home to help monitor for their hypertension meds too. Then I also branched a little bit into doing some urgent care and some of that urgent care role would have telemedicine visits too. And those would look like very similar to the family medicine video visits. Very similar concerns, a lot of acute things. Also that had a component of where patients would be able to fill out an online set of questions where it would be an asynchronous visit, meaning that the patient would click and go through their questions and concerns. And we would then receive that information, take a look at it, figure out what we feel like is going on. And then we decide if it was appropriate to treat with a medication or recommend supportive treatment or suggest that they be seen in person at a in-person urgent care or food recommend if they needed to go to the ER or food recommend follow up with their PCP. Those visits are certainly more challenging because you can't even see the patient. It's literally you're reviewing their answers to the questions online. And I didn't like how some of it was where the patient really felt like that they needed certain meds. And you're like, well, we really don't know if that's for sure what's going on when there could be a multiple other things going on. So you kind of had to decide whether or not it seemed reasonable based on their history to go ahead and prescribe meds. But at the same time, you want to still be a good steward of using things like antibiotics or not causing more harm than good by prescribing medications that just really aren't needed, right? But then I transitioned over to outpatient psychiatry, and I transitioned during the COVID pandemic. So to start with, all of the patients that I was seeing were 
telemed, we call them telepsych visits remotely. So even today, over a year and a half after I started in that role, I would say between 80 to 90% of my patient visits are still video visits. And I really do enjoy video visits for a multitude of reasons. But so do my patients. They love to be able to do a video visit from their home and not have to drive to the clinic, sit in traffic, which might be worse because of road construction, or in the winter because of a snowstorm that we get up here in Minnesota, or icy and dangerous roads. A lot of my patients with really bad anxiety don't even like to leave their homes. And a lot of them will squeeze a video visit in during a break at work. If they have a lunch break, we can do a follow-up on their medications. And again, they don't have to even take any time off of their work, which is really great for them. So I am a huge fan of using telemedicine in very appropriate medical specialties and areas that make sense for you and the patient. I am not condoning using telemedicine and throwing an antibiotic at every little sniffle without being able to actually swab their throat for strep or determine if they truly have an otitis media or UTI with appropriate testing. So those are my personal experiences with telemedicine, but I have also seen some very cool other jobs out there. So it sounds as though a lot of sleep medicine can be done through telemedicine as well. Additionally, there's a PA that I follow on Instagram whose name is Gabby and her handle is it's Gabby the PA. And before PA school, she was a registered dietitian, went to PA school and worked in general medicine, started in family medicine and was doing some urgent care along with the primary care. And the team that she used to work with as a registered dietitian reached out to her about joining them again to do maternal fetal medicine visits where she does diabetic consults, manages patients' insulin and blood sugars, and that is a remote position for her. I really loved that story, how it sort of came full circle for her. And there are even some telemedicine roles out there where the patients will go into a clinic, but the providers can still be working remotely from home. And there can be a clinical support staff member, whether an MA, LPN, RN, and they can have these electronic technical stethoscopes as well as otoscopes so that they can put the stethoscope up to the patient's chest and belly and then use the otoscope in the patient's ear for you so that you technically are doing more of a physical exam, but yet you aren't physically at that clinic. So I'm just such a huge fan of telemedicine, as mentioned, in case you can't pick up on that by now, even if you have a role where the majority of it, you do need to go into the clinic or hospital or OR, perhaps there is a half day or a full day where you can really do remote telemedicine work where not every single one of your patient visits need to be physically in person. So I just encourage you to try to think creatively about that. So we're talking about location freedom. So having a telemedicine role as a PA can certainly set you up to be location independent because the patients do need to be physically located in the state that you are licensed in. And some states may have some other nuances about practicing medicine, so you definitely need to check the rules. But often providers can be living in another state or traveling to another state as long as the patients are located in the state that they are licensed in as a provider. 
But besides practicing in medicine as a PA, are there any other types of jobs or projects or entrepreneurial endeavors that you want to work on on the side that can help generate location freedom for the future? So maybe you create a digital course or maybe you get into affiliate marketing as well and maybe you earn enough income in the future where you can be generating income without having to physically go into a physical location of a workplace. The next type of freedom that I would like to talk about is financial freedom. And financial freedom, in my viewpoint, is financial independence. And that is clearly a huge goal for myself as well as many other practicing PAs out there. And the goal of this podcast to teach you different tools and techniques and mindset changes and motivation to reach that point. Financial freedom is the point where you have enough income generating assets where work is optional at that point. You have saved and invested enough money over the years. Maybe you have other income that's coming in through things like real estate investing or businesses that you have started. But it's the point of where your wealth has built up so much that you no longer have to work, but you still may choose to work on the projects that really fulfill you and light you up. And that might still be practicing as a PA or practicing part-time or teaching at a PA program or things like that, but it might be pursuing many other hobbies in life. And as a reminder, even though once you have enough money to be financially free, it doesn't mean that that money that's sitting there in your investment account or tied up in some real estate is what your goal was. Your future idealistic net worth number is not your ultimate goal. Your ultimate goal is the freedom to be able to do what you want, when you want, and with who you want. And remember, the money is the tool that you use to get there. Once you have reached financial freedom, you no longer need to trade your time for money while you are working. And so let's talk about the third freedom that I wanted to touch on today, and that is time freedom. Remember, all the money in the world cannot buy back any precious time. So time is our most limited and yet most precious and most valuable possession and resource that we have. So take a current time inventory. How are you spending your time? Are you spending it on things that light you up, that bring you joy, that make you feel fulfilled, make you feel as though you have a purpose in life where you're helping others? Or do you feel like the majority of your time is spent on different tasks or requirements or duties in life where you just feel like it's not bringing you joy? And I hope that I'm portraying that being selfish with your time doesn't make you a selfish person. It really is living a life that you won't regret having lived in the future. If you haven't had a chance yet, make sure you go back to listen to episode 81 with Dr. Jordan Grummet, who joined me on the show, where he talked about his book called Taking Stock that he wrote as a hospice doctor and talking about how to live a regret-free life. I should modify that statement just a little bit. I do feel as though if you're human, you probably have some regrets throughout your whole entire life. So it's probably not living a regret-free life, but a life with as few regrets as possible, right? And remember, once you reach financial freedom, 
slash financial independence, that's when you have the ultimate time freedom. You are able to do things at whatever time you want during the day. Maybe you love sleeping in and you love staying up late and your current work schedule is not conducive to that. Maybe it's that you visit a local attraction or go on a trip or visit a national park during the work week when everyone else is at work, but yet you have the time and the luxury to be able to go and do those things whenever you would rather do them. So I'm really curious to hear from you what types of freedoms you are trying to pursue. Are you pursuing location freedom or do you not necessarily care about that one? Maybe you absolutely love going into your workplace every day and you really enjoy your home where you live and you have no intention to want to be able to work in other settings besides your current workplace. And if that is the case, I completely respect that. I think that everyone is made differently and has different preferences. Are you trying to pursue financial freedom? I think that financial freedom is essential for everyone to pursue because, again, if you expect to retire with dignity, no matter the age, then you need to reach the point of being financially free. And then are you pursuing time freedom? Once you have reached financial independence, then you'll have so much more time. But I feel as though it's really important to get in the habit now of taking an inventory of your time right now. If you are spending a lot of time doing things that you don't enjoy doing, try to think creatively and maybe you need to talk with your family members or your spouse or negotiate at work about how you can free up more time to do things that light you up, like spending more time with your loved ones, going on adventures or traveling the world or traveling our country or doing the hobbies that you enjoy or volunteering and giving back to your community. So thank you for taking a listen to the episode today, and I hope that you are all pursuing whatever types of freedoms for your life that you feel would be very enjoyable and helpful and exciting for you. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy Labor Day weekend, and I'll see you back here soon. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.